Hey, Joey Mills here with the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Today, Tuesday, April the 16th, right now, you can go out and pick up your copy of the special 35th anniversary re-release of The Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid, on home video. This is, this version is the best version of The Karate Kid that you can pick up. It is upscaled, it is 4K resolution, ultra HD, the best version of this film that you can get And to celebrate that special 35th anniversary re-release of The Karate Kid for the first time in 4K Ultra HD resolution, we are speaking with one of the stars of The Karate Kid as well as one of the stars of Cobra Kai Season 2, which hits YouTube next week on Wednesday, April the 24th. This is my conversation with Mr. Ralph Macchio. All right, I am joined on the line today by one of the stars of The Karate Kid, which is receiving a special 35th anniversary release on home video on Tuesday, April the 16th, as well as the second season of Cobra Kai, which premieres on Wednesday, April the 24th on YouTube. Ralph Macchio, of course. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. How are you? Uh, great to be here. Yeah, it's always nice to uh, to have a piggyback of uh, two things happening at the same time, and although be it connected, it's uh, it's exciting. Absolutely. Well, it's hard to believe it's been 35 years since the Karate Kid debuted in theaters. Since then, the series has yeah. given us three sequels, a reboot, and now what I think is one of the best episodic streaming series on television in the past year, certainly. What is it about the Karate Kid that makes the franchise both so endearing and enduring after all this time? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's a combination of, of things in my view. Uh, and then on top of that is a little sprinkling of magic from above or wherever. Um, you could, you could try to connect, uh, these types of things to, uh, to resonate with an audience and, uh, you try to do all the right things. And if it was easy to make a hit, we, every one would be a hit. And it's not the case. This one just had a special, light on it back in the day um the right the, the terrific script uh that robert Kamen wrote um for the karate kid film and john avelson our great director uh who had done rocky and other great films previous uh the late great pat Morita, who was you know just turned in a you know an oscar-nominated performance and created a magical character in Mr. Miyagi, um the sort of human yoda that we all wish we had as we navigate adolescence I think the casting all across the board and, uh, and it, you know, the themes resonate, the themes of, of bullying, of uh, being a child of a single parent, trying to fit in uh, fish out of water, overcoming obstacles and, and finding your place and finding balance, quote unquote, in your life. These are all things that, that will never go out of style when well executed um, and then add a little heightened reality to it all. Um, and, uh, and a nice, uh, conflict, uh, and a battle at the end, um, where good over evil happens in the, in the case of the karate kid being very black and white in its, in its, uh, um, structure of, uh, you know, the, the, the villains and the heroes where segue into Cobra Kai, what, what has been really smart is our creators of that show, came up with an angle in to explore some of the gray areas of these characters as they become, you know, and middle-aged, uh, dare I say, but it is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it has a freshness to it. Um, now it still pays homage and respects the, uh, the legacy of the original and the, and the source of which it came from, but yet 
dives into areas where episode to episode, your allegiance changes on who you might be rooting for and why. Right. And I think that has uh, added to it. And, and, and further on top of that, I would say the pop culture of the karate kid of it all, the sweep the leg, get him a body bag, the wax on, wax off. Was he, it wasn't an illegal kick or not that has become part of the internet and the, how I met your mother of it all theory from Barney Stinson's perspective, all those things colliding together over decades of time have kept this, uh, the karate kid film and, uh, and franchise in the, in the, the mindset of, of the world, not even in America. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the decision to revisit the franchise 30 some years later with Cobra Kai, because from the outside looking in, it seems like there are any number of ways this series could have gone wrong. It could have come off as too much of a parody. It could have been too melodramatic. But from what I've seen from the first season and what we've seen of the second season, it appears to have avoided all of those pitfalls. Talk a little bit about how you guys managed to make this feel true to the franchise without falling into some of those potential traps. Yeah, another uh, great question. I, I have to... Um... You know, I have to give props and, you know, the filmmakers, the creators of the show, John Hurwitz, Aiden Schlossberg and Josh Heald, these three guys really had the vision. Uh, they are the super fans that you know, they are super fans, way more. They know more about the movies than I do. And um, and they just wanted to make the show that they believed the fans would want to see. And um, and so the concept of coming in from the Johnny Lawrence perspective and whatever exploring, whatever happens to a bully, what do they turn into? What is his story? Nobody knows that. So it was they had the base of the of the success of the film. And then they just flipped the prism from another perspective as the angle into the universe. And then it becomes a two hander back and forth once LaRusso gets, you know, once you learn his side of the story and his his life, all of a sudden now you have other areas. They they had uh, you know a very specific and still do a very specific vision. There are times, and even when they pitched it to me back on day one, and I was the last guy to come to the party. I was certainly the most uh, well, I don't want to say the most uh, protective, but I was very protective, and um, and so it took a long time for me to say. Uh, yes to to come back and i just believe that they there was a gut instinct that they wanted to do the right thing um they wanted to you know pay respect and have homage to the the miyagi daniel relationship and and all those elements that were important and not just the one side they really wanted to try to balance the show and it's but but I asked the same question that every network asked, which is, what's the tone? How is it? A, is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it a how do you make what was clearly an 80s type movie that became, you know, even grew more parody in pop culture? How do you take that and ground it for for 2018, 2019? And uh and they just um, had the answer for that, but it wasn't until I actually saw it. Even when I was shooting season one, I was still saying, man, how are we going to thread the needle here? And um, so I trust in uh, our creators. We always talk through and collaborate on everything. Um, and some of it is in their 
use of film footage from the past and how to how to uh, tie you know images from the film and fresh new images they have access to footage that was never in the movie that we shot back in 1983 it's just so wonderful how that is peppered in and that really is kind of the glue that holds the nostalgia together with the relevance of a of a story that works in, in uh, and with young characters in, in today's day, you know, dealing with bullying and, and, um, and parenting and, and mentoring and all those things. Right. Well, you talked about finding a way to thread that needle. One of what I think is one of the greatest episodes of television all of last year was the ninth episode of season one of Cobra Kai, where we, these two characters that yeah. we've known or have known of for nearly 35 years, they're so close to having that realization of just how much that one moment in time affected them in their lives. And then it all falls apart by the end of the episode. It is by turns one of the most humorous and at the same time, most heartbreaking episodes in television all of last year. When you read the script for that episode, did you have any sense of this is it? This is what we've been building towards. This is this is where it all comes together. Well, that's uh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, that episode seems to be one that everybody's uh, you know wrapped their arms around and loved. You know, I remember when we were shooting it, the guys, the three writers that I mentioned, were just they were like kids in a candy store, just you know sitting at the bar. And, the, you know, I can imagine them writing the REO Speedwagon scene, just saying, <laughs> oh, you know, they were li- living the dream right. to put us in a car, like humming REO Speedwagon, realizing that these two guys are not that far apart if they just, one had a, you know, a destructive sensei, one had a nurturing sensei. And, and would that have flipped if one, if they were in each other's shoes? And part of the interest and part of the fascination and, and what people love so much is, if Johnny and Daniel could just see through their own crap, uh, you know, we, the audience are saying, come on, you guys have a beer, have some fun. You guys get along ish, but they push each other's buttons. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that was one of the, uh, fun episodes. All the episodes were, uh, you know, were, were a, a lot of fun to shoot. Even in season two, it's got really interesting stuff on tap. Um, that one was special in that way. And there's, there's essence of that in season two, there's, Ironically, in that same ninth episode is uh, is another scenario, different, as Miyagi would say, different but same, right? right. That uh, you think these guys, you know, a couple of drinks and they, they could be great together. And, and it's the odd couple of uh, Johnny and Daniel that's so enjoyable to watch, and yet something will just push the other one's buttons and they, they snap into their, into their uh, default mode of, um, you know, I'm supposed to hate you. <laughs> right. Well, tell us um, a little bit uh, about season two, because from what we've seen, this upcoming season feels like the second act in a traditional three-act play. It's stripping the characters down to their cores, getting back to their roots. How are the conflict and the character moments really ramped up this season? Well, they've ramped, I mean, ramped up is the perfect word. I mean, the guys were very specific in saying this becomes, season one was always a setup for season two, which is what they pitched early on, the sort of, battle for the the soul of the san fernando valley you know right. it's almost like a religious war two warring dojos the 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 uh, inner peace of miyagi do and the aggressiveness of cobra kai and then you add to that when the wrench of john crease back in town and and what that does to johnny lawrence and also daniel russo um and how that complicates everything and then uh you know, all the the season starts with both Johnny and Daniel really having 
um, good intention and things become to become uh, unraveled. And it's, uh, here's the thing I always say, just because you have knowledge of a subject doesn't mean you can necessarily, necessarily teach it, which is part of the arc for Daniel thinking that Miyagi-Do will be, okay, I will show the kids the better way and we will make sure that this, uh, that this negative version of martial arts does not spread. And, uh, but once, you know, just because you know what Mr. Miyagi taught doesn't necessarily mean you can do it. Um, so, so losing, uh, trying to find that balance again, both, both characters and both sides, and then how it affects this younger generation and how you don't see that, uh, you might be, um, by, by, by the, by expressing your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, Maybe projecting your baggage onto them. (laughs) Yeah. On the other, you are maybe shedding some light on the younger generation where they take it. uh, They are not seasoned enough to understand that this may, should not go to another place. And what happens is in this season without tipping it off, I mean, only two weeks away and everybody will know or less than that. Um, it has all the comfort and nostalgia and, and the warm embrace of season one, yet takes you to a place you have absolutely no idea you're going. And in the end, you are, it, it takes more than a handful of left turns that uh, puts you at a place that you're just like, okay, what's, how are they going to, what's happening now? And that's a, by design from great writing, you know, because right. uh, we are hoping to do this for several seasons at the least, if we can. Um, well, let's talk so a little bit it's, about... It's exciting. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It amps up, it amps up, it amps up a lot of... There's a, there's a lot more uh, martial arts. There's a lot more action in this second season, and the kids are spectacular. Very good. Let's talk a little bit about the reception that the show has received. I know you've been especially busy on the convention scene in the past year. What experiences, uh, what interactions have you had with the fans? Maybe that's been different since Cobra Kai debuted than possibly, you know, in years past. Well, there's certainly a ramp up of the, uh, of the, the guys that have been uh, silenced for years that thought the crane kick was illegal and thought that Johnny Lawrence <laughs> got a raw deal. So I'm hearing that from the geek. The geek fans that that uh, that have, um, have always loved uh, this this movie and have felt over time, yeah, you know what? Maybe that was he was a kind of a bit of a thorn in his side, and the guy was just trying to. I mean, no one in 1984, even probably 1994, or maybe up to 2000, ever felt that uh, Daniel Larusso was the bully in this in the Karate Kid film. Right. So no one. No one there are very few people at the end of that movie that got upset because Johnny Lawrence got a raw deal, right? you know, but over time it's become its own subculture, pop culture theory that, uh, that these fans love. And, and Cobra Kai is such a cool, you know, it's, Oh, listen, they've always had the best to sweep the leg, get them a body bag. I mean, uh, it's all, all, you know, um, uh, uh, no mercy, all that stuff has become, you know, there's more, there's more, there's more t-shirts of that than anything else. Right. And so it's kind of fun to see them say, yes, um, our theory has arrived. <laughs> um, to the, to the flip side of that, you know, there's a, there's a long uh, line and of, 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 you know, fans that are just so happy they get to experience both and they get to experience 
um, these characters. And like in episode five of season one, when, when which is a turning point for LaRusso and looking at that void in his life, that is Miyagi no longer there and martial arts has not been there for eight years and visits Miyagi's grave and then goes to sort of rekindle his, his fire with the, with the passion of, of martial arts and his teachings, you know, people comment on those moments all right. the time. Uh, and it's, they love that. I mean, with tears in their eyes and goosebumps on their arms, they come to me and say, you know, they, they just love that stuff. Cause that's, that's their adolescence reimagined again. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a comfort food. It's, it's when grandma makes the sauce or the, her whatever she makes for dinner and nobody can make it like that. And it just tastes like your, your childhood. And I think we accomplished that with the show as well. So I, I hear a lot of that from the fan base. Absolutely. Well, Cobra Kai season two premieres on Wednesday, April the 24th on YouTube. What else are you working on or what else do you have coming up that we should be aware of? I'm shooting uh, uh, season three of the goose for HBO. I right. actually was shooting till about three thirty in the morning. Uh, so I, I remember looking at my calendar and said, oh, I got a phone at 12. I got to <laughs> get to sleep now. Um, so I, 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 I'm to a double espresso uh, and I'm here for our interview. So I'm proud to say um, the uh, yeah, I'm shooting a deuce. It's a Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Franco and uh, tons of great actors of David Simon show. And uh, this is the third and final season. I play uh, a crooked uh, a cop on the on the rise and on the take uh, back in the 70s and 80s, because the series spans from 71 to 85. Uh, and it's been great to be in that period. I remember that time when I was a little kid in New York. It was a rough, the deuce is 42nd Street, Times Square, the birth of the porn industry right. is really what this show initially is about. And so it's so cool to have, you know, I don't have a big role in it, although he's growing this year. Um, I've been on all three seasons, and it's kind of fun to be a character actor and this uh, ensemble, huge ensemble of New York at that time when I, uh, I, I remember. And, um, and then yet have Cobra Kai, which is, uh, you know, taps into that whole Karate Kid uh, franchise. And, and it's kind of, it's really a, a good place to be going back and forth. So I uh, appreciate both and, and it doesn't always happen. So it's pretty sweet right now. Absolutely. Well, I could hit, sit here and ask you questions and listen to stories all day, but I know we need to wrap this up. It sounds like you might need a nap as well. I can't thank you enough for making yeah, time to talk uh, to me today. Uh, well, I think uh, I think we did good, right? We did. We, I, I tapped into a bunch of stuff. I and, think so. And, uh, so uh, uh, I appreciate the support. We all do. And thanks for uh, cheerleading. And, and, and uh, look, I look forward to seeing this 4K DVD uh, myself. As, of the original film. as do I, and uh, and obviously come to Cobra Kai on the twenty fourth, and you will have fun in season two. It's quite a ride. Well, again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for talking today, and we will catch you next week on Cobra Kai or on Tuesday. Folks can pick up that four uh, K Ultra HD DVD on Tuesday, April the sixteenth. Thanks again. Thanks, man. Take care of yourself. You too. Thank you. All right. I want to thank Ralph one more time. As you heard, he was up shooting late last night. He got up to make a, a special appointment to talk with us so we could bring you that interview today. Again, pick up your copy of the special 35th anniversary re-release of The Karate Kid on home video. Again, this time it is the best digital video quality, highest resolution, the best version of this film that you can get. And be sure to check out Cobra Kai Season 2 
when it releases on YouTube next Wednesday, April the 24th. For the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, I've been Joey Mills. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.